what you know about it. It's the stew, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stew, baby. And there's room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to the stew. No. <laughs> A.K.A. Margaritaville of iTunes. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hi. We have one guest today, the return of Andre's mom, Jill. Hi, hi, Jill. Hello. Hi, Mom. Hello. Hi. We're, just, we're just exchanging right before we started the pod, exchanging some great alcohol stories, oh. talking, talking about those triggers. We, you were saying that you can't, you can't even smell tequila no, anymore. No, old college days. After, after, after your college days? First trip to so Rosarita Ensenada. Too many margaritas cannot even be around margarita. I mean, margaritas, tequila, whatever. And, and they, now it's like this huge craze of really fine tequila. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So back in your Ooh. day, tequila, the, a fine tequila did not really exist no. t- so much on your, in your world. And you went to UC Santa Barbara. Yes. So it was a common thing. uh, 67 to 71. She does. That's all right. (laughs) I mean, those are prime years. 67 to 71. Come on, baby. 67, (laughs) sipping Margs and UC Santa Barbara. What's the mascot over there? I have no idea. That's how much fun she had. She has no idea what the mascot is at UCSB. Not terribly close to the whole sports arena thing. If you if you remember the mascot of the college you graduated from, you're a fucking loser, right? Yeah, Yeah, you were a virgin in college. Yeah, you didn't do it right. Even high school. Yeah, that would be even worse. What the hell is high school? (laughs) I didn't go to. You know the mascot from your high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had. When when I first started drinking, my uh, I had the people that I lived with. They were really into getting Newcastle beer, which had a had a yellowness to it. I recall, you know, you know that like it has mm-hmm. a little bit of a. It's like a. It's darker. It's an it's an amber. Yeah, but I think it, I think it had like a little I feel bit. Like, of I, re- I feel like it's brown. But yeah, and then they would they would do that and then do shots of Jaeger. Mm-hmm. And then after about a month of that... Living with some gourmands. God, living with some gourmands in Newport Beach, Sounds California. Sounds horrible. It was a, it was a <laughs> dastardly little combo. And after about a month of it, I, I couldn't... I, I still can't drink a Newcastle. Just a regular, you know, a seemingly innocent beer. The, the attachment is, is to that bad to feeling just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Especially when it has to do with alcohol. Not, not that way with food. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I guess you can... Although... A lot of people overcome their food Food poisoning. For me, shiitake mushrooms. Really? Can't Mm. go near a shiitake mushroom. So you were... So you got food poisoning from a bad shiitake? Yep. (laughs) Yep. What was that story? What's that story? They weren't cooked. They were organic. They were from a great store, and they weren't cooked. We think they weren't cooked enough. Big but plate can't of sauteed, beautiful. Yeah, that's. I feel like they they just weren't washed or something. Probably Maybe more than it. not. Well, cooked. that's kind that's of the problem. It. You can't really wash yeah, a mushroom. You don't really you, do you that. Just, mushroom scrubbing brushes. You can, yeah, you can, you can I mean, scrub them. They, definitely. Yeah, they. That's the part that always weirded me out about mushrooms. It's kind of like here's a mushroom. 
It just grows on shit. dirt, in feces, in nature, and do not wash it. Yum, you yum. cannot wash it, or else it'll, Mushrooms it'll be destroyed. Mushrooms are magic. They Whoa. break down everything in the environment. I'm just reading um, okay, here we go. Uh, Michael Pollan's book We're called How to Change Your Mind, and he goes big time into mushrooms. Is it, is it a coincidence kinds. that his last name is Pollan? The lifeblood of, of, of the garden? Total coincidence. So, so mushrooms, they break it all down. All of it. <clears throat> Every you, bit you of it. it. It's the cockroach of, uh, of, of the forest. I think it's deeper than that. Just in terms of, you know, it'll, it'll be here. The, the mushrooms will outlive us for sure. I mean, look at the difference between how a cockroach looks and acts and a mushroom. I've seen some mushrooms that look more or less <laughs> like a cockroach. <laughs> Smell worse than a cockroach. Um, but you haven't been eating cockroaches, have you, Jason? <laughs> well, it's been a while, but I'm trying not to. But yeah, the uh, you know have, you've seen the mushroom suit that you can be buried in after you die, right? No. Oh, it's good. I don't know about this. What? It's like uh, it's when you can be. This is a food podcast. Though. It's a food podcast, but it's uh, basically it's this kind of a burlap suit that you put over your entire body. That has like mushroom spores in it, and then oh. when you're buried underground, I guess like it feeds off of. So it's like speeding up the decomposition. Yeah, it, it uses your body for fuel, and it and it decomposes you. So no coffin. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's sort probably of not. Maybe probably not. Probably no coffin. Maybe I think it's taking the place. That sounds of. some kind of holistic returning to the earth, using your body to it's make mushrooms for idea. people. Is it? Mushroom burial so. suits turns dead bodies into clean compost. Yep. If the is. animals don't get to you. <laughs> you probably got to go down. They got to put you down a few feet. Yeah, they, they put Keep you down the coyotes six feet. Away. Yeah, the only animals that are going to get you are some, are some, Creepy uh, some worms or something. There's a, yeah. there's a TED talk about it, about mushroom burial suits from a few of years back, if you want to check it out. Of course there is. At this point, the, Ted? Okay, a, what is there not? Even Andre a TED did a talk TED about. Talk at this point, you know yeah, what I mean? True. TEDx. So <laughs> he did a TEDx, but, but still, you know, nothing to sneeze at. Still, there's a T in front of it. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't even know what the nutritional properties are of mushrooms, in the sense that no, I know they're does. good. It's the spirit food. I mean, I feel like saying this out loud. I realize I should just read about it, but. I don't know. Can I don't know what the nutritional content, like what the benefits are of mushrooms, other than they taste great. I think they are pretty good for you. I think there are a lot of benefits. I also don't know what they are, but I think the problem for most people about mushrooms is is just that you could die. <laughs> Take the eat the wrong one, and you could die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for Seriously. foraging, sure, foraging is a right. whole other thing. I feel like food poisoning, yes, but. You're not running the risk of grave bodily harm it's the buying, a, buying a mixed bag of the farmer's market. But don't you think everybody has that thought in their head? No. I mean, About it's the mushrooms? same. It's that people, <clears throat> that same thing exists with all enjoyable things. You know, like you take Blow the fish. wrong airplane and Blow it's going to crash, you know? <laughs> you, you, Fugu. Yeah, you, you, Fugu me. you eat the wrong yeah. piece of blowfish that was, that was sliced by a novice. Hey, you could choke on anything. <laughs> you can choke on it. Yeah, the sooner you realize that, then we can talk about chewing. You can choke. Then we haven't even started chewing. You can choke on anything and die. So mm-hmm. you might as well just roll. I, I feel like 2018. 
medical science and technology is pretty well advanced to where if you eat a bad mushroom, you take a Uber down to Cedars, yeah. they're going to be able to, they're, you're not, you're probably not going to die the same way. If you get bit by a, a black widow in 2018, you're probably not going to die. But back when you were a kid, it's a death sentence. huh? So there's so more you're thinking a- shut in. Just don't leave the house. <laughs> Soylent, lock the door. Yeah, like Netflix. Some type of <laughs> catheter system is in place. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah wow, that, that's mushrooms. A, See, this is like a really heavy topic. Well, <laughs> when it all started with how do you clean the mushroom? Because you, you get a mushroom and it's Fresh. literally the dirtiest thing yeah, that you yeah. could buy in the grocery store. And, they, and yeah, the like one a, thing you can't do is clean it. It's like the cast iron So of don't nature. you think you can? You can it's the cast iron of nature. They tell you not to clean it because it's so absorbing that it'll absorb a lot of water content, which is going to dilute the flavor and make it harder to cook. What right. if you clean they it with soy dr- sauce? But they have, dry, they have dry mushroom scrubbing brushes. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm saying if she got food, so what you're saying is you don't use dry scrubbing mushroom brushes because you're like, there's no way to clean them. And the guy who owns the scrubbing brush factory is like, uh, I'm there's, saying there is a way. There's a difference between cleaning my, my product. There's a difference between cleaning and a difference between brushing. Is there? If you brush dirt off of a mushroom that you ate and got food poisoning from, there was something on that mushroom that gave you a terrible viral sensation that made you poisoned, and it probably wasn't a couple little bits of dirt from the garden. This okay. discussion you, is beginning to sound as though we've had mushrooms before we started the podcast. I mean, you're well, one out of the three of us did. But, you know, you're, you're eating a mushroom. I don't know if a bear <laughs> urinated on this mushroom and hitting it with a little scrubby brush is not going to take any bear urine off of a mushroom. So then it's about I cooking. I don't think bear urine is really the issue. I don't either, but... Then it's about cooking. Bear urine is an example of something that could be on a mushroom that you right. can't remove with a brush, but it can give you food poisoning. Dog urine. I don't know if bear, dog urine. I don't know if bear or dog urine can give you. I, I think there's probably other kinds of bacteria that don't exist in urine that is really kind of the issue. It could be a pesticide spray. It could sure. be all types of animal not, urine. It could you all kinds of that could airborne be. airborne things that give you food poisoning. You, nobody eats. I could eat a, a tablespoon of dirt right now, and I won't get food poisoning. What if a bear peed on that dirt? Then I'm fucked. Yeah, you're no, no turning back. Or but you don't. Um, but you, how do you clean bear bear urine off of some soil? How do you clean pesticides off of a mushroom? I think the issue I mean, of how do you that's... clean pesticides off a mushroom with a damn brush is what we want to know. Andre. I mean, I'm. Keep coming back to the cooking thing. <laughs> cooking it well will kill Cook, the bacteria. Yeah, that's what, okay. And I think that's fair. Yeah. But also, it's such an odd surface area that you, there's no way that all bits of a mushroom are going to really get that heat on it unless you're deep frying it or boiling it or roasting or something like that. But if you're just sizzling up some chanterelles in the pan, it's such an odd shape that only a certain amount are getting a Maillard reaction on it or sizzle up because the only way to kill bacteria is with the Maillard reaction. <laughs> I don't. I, there's so many things for me to say. They're all blocking the door for me to say them right now. Well, I, I can't think get one everybody out. should out, read Let Michael Pollan's book, yeah. and if they're interested more in mushrooms, because he goes into this major scientific. He spent some time with the man. I'm sorry, I forget his name. Who's like supposedly the leading? What do you call it? My, mycologist? What do you call a mushroom expert? Weirdo. Um. <laughs> A guy High you, all the time. A guy you don't Just invite like a, to dinner. <laughs> a, f- a fungalist. Mm-hmm. 
Ron from Burning Man. Fungologist. A fungologist. Yeah. Fungologist. Mm-hmm. So Something he spends like time that. with some leading fungologists yeah. and learns yeah. that it, the mushroom is more than meets the eye. I am definitely plugging Michael Pollan's yeah, book. We feel That's like, obvious. I feel isn't like Mom's it? part of the book tour. Right well, this now. is why we yeah, have really? this, this is why we have Jill on the pod because we ever <laughs> every once in a while we need a dose of this. Uh, we I need, see what you did. We there. need a dose of this voodoo mysticism. Oh, we need a little. Yeah, we need to get some of your cosmic energy. To open in, open into our third eye. Well, there's that whole thing about consciousness, and then we could talk about food and consciousness. But then, I don't even know where would we even start. This (laughs) This is just the Jason Jill show right now. Go for it, boys. Dig in, Andre. You you can just count on the DNA. You have consciousness with food inside (laughs) of you as well. I do. It's true. <laughs> you do. Let it rip, boys. Mm. Go you for do. it. You well, do. You know, well, the thing is, Andre is being the most resistant, but also he's the best person in the room who, who, who has the, the best out of all of us at transferring consciousness through food. Absolutely. In, in both of our opinions. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, mm-hmm. guys. Definitely. We're all firm believers of... I'm in awe. ...of, of cooking, uh, you know, cooking angry... Cooking sure. rushed, cooking with anxiety, cooking in a bad mood, the food will reflect that 100%. Well, and at the end of the day, everybody wants their food to taste good, no matter how good it is for them or how maybe mm-hmm. bad it is for them or how boring it was to get it or to cook it. Mm-hmm. But that's what I really love about your food, too, is it is, you know, you know what you're doing, but it ta- and it tastes really good. Mm-hmm. This is my mom, everybody, who's listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, restaurants are great at least at throwing, I mean, even if you have good ingredients, but you throw too much salt and fat and it, it's still going to taste awesome, good. Yeah. It's going to taste so That's good. <laughs> but how do you feel? Yeah. After. It's, it's all, all about, about how you feel. It's all about walking that line between feeling good yeah. and eating good. And there is a belief that um, the food you eat right now affects you in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole physiological, energetic, everything affects what, you in whatever, 24 hours. Whatever you ingest, yeah. the side effects of that yeah. are, are, your, are or more being, than an uh, hour. You're saying more than an hour later. for the 24 hours after you Well, especially you if eat. you're doing something really significant um, that's important to you, it'd be a really good idea to think about that 24 hours before mm-hmm. that event takes place or you, whatever responsibility you have mm-hmm. at that point. To think about that the day before you're doing tough. ingesting whatever. Well, you're I doing. think that's a good lesson to have in mind. Yeah. Just as a, a you know to get into the habit of that way of thinking for all aspects in life. Yeah. To a lot of things like, okay, what am I doing today? Well, and anything you're going to be you doing that's about, stressful what am I doing tomorrow? and really important. Yeah, it's not just about getting some rest or some exercise or. Not drinking too much or not doing this or doing that. It's mm-hmm. really what are you putting in your body um, mm-hmm. and in terms of the effect that's going to have 24 hours. Because it can really make a difference. And I feel, really. like, I feel like that's a great idea for your next book, Jill. You know, the 24-hour, <laughs> there's a 24-hour work week. My next first book. Your next first mm-hmm. book. <laughs> you know, because different, uh, different occasions, I'm sure, call for different dietary situations. You know, like... I have to go to a funeral in 24 hours. I have a job interview. 
I have to run a, the New York City Marathon. Those three different things all require probably major a exam, different fuel. Yeah, yeah a major, major exam, exam and job interview. Those are the two that like. Really okay, I want to know what your out. opinion. If I have a, a important job interview on Friday, that's two days from now. Two days from now. Two days from now. So you have two days to eat really well. So I have, I have, I have about a you know two one and a half to two days to eat well. What 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 things do I need to be putting in my body to get this cosmic energy flowing? You know the basics: grain, cooked vegetables. If you want something sweet afterwards, wait you know an so hour you said and cooked have vegetables. Fruit. Cooked, not raw. Not raw. She's no, not a proponent not a, of, raw, not, I mean, of a strictly raw diet. You know, salads with leafy salad greens are basically just a vehicle for a good dressing. Mm, those leafies. Yeah. The leafies not, go I mean, in I'm and not out. talking about... And kale and chard and bok choy and all those things you can cook. Or you can at least... You can break the cellulose mm-hmm. enough to make it a lot easier for to digest and get all the good stuff out of it. Breaking it down more. So what if I was going to put a, a kale in a smoothie, for example, steam it first and then add it? I just, I, I don't, I don't know. You don't even want it to be in a smoothie. I mean, that, you know, that's an unusual, people, I think there's a real movement now where people think they can get a whole bunch of nutrition in mm-hmm. a, a glass after it's been blended. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that. That's an occasional thing, but I think it's become a real convenience food for people. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. You know, you know, people, the world is a bunch of busy people. Yeah, but people it's forget tough. that they can, like, this is classic. You know, usually people would do this on Sundays, where you cook up, you can cook up a really nice grain or rice. You can saute some really great vegetables. You can cook a protein, keep it separate. And... Mm. You can have that in the refrigerator for days, and if you don't mix your protein, then you can bring your grain and your cooked vegetables, just let them go to room temperature throughout the morning and have them for lunch at work or wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Or when you come home and out, you don't have to, and definitely don't ever use a microwave, because supposedly... <laughs> okay. I'm, getting, I'm getting Jill, Here Jill we go. flashbacks from episode this is, one. This is great. It destroys the chi in the food. Absolutely. What I are mean, some other ways to destroy the Anything a pregnant chi? woman needs to not be in the room when it's on? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think the Vitamix destroys the chi? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, and again... What about the you sous know, I don't. I don't eat a smoothie every meal. Mm-hmm. And for me, a great smoothie is really like a treat. Or it's something to put protein powder in. Or some kind of great powder when like you're that. bulking when up? You're, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or when you're... I mean, you depends. Do you want to do a fruit smoothie? But mixing fruits and like kale and all of that, and and then a bunch of vitamin powders, and I think the real problem is your digestive system going. What the? Where do I start? <laughs> and again, I mean, if I do a smoothie, it's got to taste really good. I mm-hmm. I can't believe people will make these amazing smoothies that are probably worth about fifteen dollars after they've paid for everything mm-hmm. they put in them. With all the supplements added. And your body may very well um, just bypass it all together, pull a few things out. But Your body just thinks it's a half a Milky Way bar at yeah, the end of it. Yeah, I mean, the rule of thumb with eating is just try to keep it simple and pretty much the same time every day. Um, yeah, or some people, podcast, it's better baby. for them to graze. 
I like making complicated, intricate meals. Yeah, but you're the bowl man. That's brilliant. <laughs> bowl man. Yeah, bowl that's man. I haven't brilliant. had time to get my bowls going, though. But you could easily, right? If you had already one day cooked some grains and yeah. science, already done some vegetables mm-hmm. and you had some really good nuts and seeds. and I've been thinking about looking into some adult bento boxes for, for making a little compartmentalized bowl. Beautiful. Taking it on the go. I'm sure a lot Beautiful. of those exist. If any listeners out there can recommend one, well, let me know. Portable Andre, bowl, man. Andre, for Uh-oh. example, sent me the um, duca from Botanica, mm-hmm. a jar of it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. And it's got a lot of things mixed up in there. A lot of herbs, nuts and seeds. I'm glad that, I'm glad that Jill's enjoying the so duca. so good. Bo- it, Botanica duca. duca. <laughs> Botanica duca. No, when, it's when the Botanica girls were on the pod, they said duca a different way, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." Is that how you say duca? But you know, it's one of those things where, like, who's really the right? And I mean, one, what is know? the definition? I mean, they probably change it from time to time. I think it's depending. a pretty. Yeah. I think it's a pretty open-ended yeah. collection of herbs and ground nuts and trying and to be spices. seasonal. And so I mean, you so you sprinkle that duca all over. Well, just, I mean, on a bowl, mm-hmm. depends on, you know, what I've put in the bowl. But that is what you just said is a really good example of a, a great way. Like Simple Greens. I just had the pleasure of eating it at Simple Greens, and it was delicious. It wasn't just healthy, sweet the greens. bowl. Sweet, sweet greens. I'm sorry, sorry, sweet greens. It wasn't just healthy, and, but the blend. I mean, they've really got... The blend down. Mm, shout out to Sweet Green. For the taste, the textures, I think the nutrition, it, they've really got it down. It's, it comes as quite a shock as how they pack so few calories into such a large bowl mm-hmm. of, of chi. Because you don't need to drown it in some kind of tasty dressing to disguise the not-so-tasty vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're also on a far end of a spectrum that you... Like, 80% of your food is fairly, I mean, it's not seasoned, right? You eat a lot of greens with nothing but right. olive oil and salt. You eat a lot of vegetables right. with nothing but maybe a little bit of olive oil. Or, and that's why the, the, seed, the duca from Botanica is so great is because it's clean, it fits your flavor profile, and it's really, it does a great job of taking an unseasoned grain bowl with vegetables and actually kind of like adding a lot of body right. and depth to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you, I mean, what you're describing too is from a very specific perspective of an, one of the cleanest eaters of anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Some say a little too clean. Well, no. example. Well, I mean, some say hard to relate to maybe for the average eater. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like your style of eating really reminds me of the old country of Italy when you watch. God damn it. Where it's just like, <laughs> Nana got some dandelion greens and, and just shocked them in some boiling water for 30 seconds. God, I pull them out. wish I was that The cool. olive oil from the house, you know, the, the estate <laughs> olive oil is drizzled on top. Sea salt, it's done. Yeah, because, it. because, again, old times. You're smoking was, cigarettes while you eat it. The wine that the family makes, it's all there. Yeah, Noni's not smoking cigarettes while she's <laughs> making that, I'm sure. The, In Jason's it's about, world, all this is it's true. It's about mm-hmm. what are you eating for? I mean, when you go out to eat to a restaurant, you go out with a bunch of friends and you're celebrating, that's entertainment. That's like mm-hmm. purely entertainment, and that is so wonderful, mm-hmm. especially if you're eating healthy food, more or less. Sure. 
But eating, I mean, a lot of people eat out of desire, especially if you can afford to, and it's not necessarily a good idea as a mainstay. Mm. So if I have a breakfast with steamed rainbow chard, mm-hmm. which and then some sure. you know, organic slightly roasted cashews, because you should always roast cashews, and I love cashews, and that's my breakfast. No it's like, ra- I'm not going, oh, wow, this is so delicious. I am so lucky. I'm eating that almost like it's medicine. Mm-hmm. And at some point during the day, I'm going to probably pick out something to eat that's just for fun and pleasure because it's probably it tastes an apple. great. Let's talk, about stress. <laughs> Let's talk about stress eating then. Sugar. sugar. So, eat sugar oh. so sugar is just stress eat for you. Well, sugar is, an, is considered an antidepressant. Yeah. But if you eat too much of it, especially at one time, then that's, you know, that's uh, emotional distress eating. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different thing. You get that crap. But when I'm eating sugar... Lay off me, I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm eating sugar because I'm upset, I know that's what I'm doing. It's like, okay, what's going on? Probably a good time to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I really feel good. I mean, I feel that that kind of slight rush. And is that something that you were aware of your entire life? Too. Or did you not really no. notice that until you were in, into your adulthood? Last year. We, got it, <laughs> we picked it up last year. Oh. <laughs> but that's quite a, a no. discovery to make about yourself, though. I mean, I knew about that. Last 15, 20 years. A long, years. long time ago, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the, and the problem with sugar is it, um, it really, really... Well, it's a perfect food for cancer. Mm-hmm. Cancer cells, that's what, in laboratories, that's what they use to propagate them, to study them. And, um, but it weakens the muscles. In Chinese medicine, sugar weakens the muscles. Mm-hmm. So that's something that really caught my attention. Because if I'm trying to be strong and I'm exercising and then I'm eating sugar, and I don't mean just an occasional little amount, but what will happen to me is when I'm in that sugar mode... I noticed that in a couple of days, I'm eating a lot of fruit. I'm eating <laughs> more rice. I'm eating everything that turns into sugar. <laughs> and I'm probably not working it all off mm-hmm. in my exercise. Yeah, there's, but, a, there's a lot of people listening to her right now, like, eating too much fruit. Yeah, God I damn mean, it. Yeah. I just ate three nerds ropes in bed. Yeah. I, I mean, tied when, them together. <laughs> yeah, if I go to a great... To get a smoothie. Like, what is the... There's a great smoothie What about, like, ice cream? Are we, are we getting ice cream, Jill? I'm not an ice cream person. Because I'm not a cold it. person. That's the other thing that I'm really clear about from what I've studied, is that doing anything cold is really hard on your body. Because yeah, she's, the one, she's the one that asks for room temp water, no ice. What about a cold yeah. shower, Jill? Well, that'll pick you up after a warm shower. But not a long one, like half a minute. Just yeah, a, blast, that's awesome. a little blaster. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. So cold, okay, think, on the outside, not great yeah, on the inside. Yeah, when you think of I mean, the inside of your body is almost 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. Every time you put something really cold in your body, the first thing it has to do, and a lot of energy goes towards just warming it up. Just like when so, you overcrowd the, the frying pan. You put in too many drumsticks into the frying oil. And nothing cooks. We're, we're right. not sizzling. We're absorbing that fat <laughs> instead of using it to cook ourselves. We're not sizzling. I like that, Jason. Mm. I had to bring it back to it being a food podcast. But it's really just about energy. I mean, food, what's the point of food? It's to stay alive. And when you're lucky enough to have the resources, the time, the really luxury of 
having food for entertainment. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I think it's really important to notice that that's what you're doing at this moment. And if you're doing it, it's like... Amen, brother. I feel birthday like we, parties are supposed to be once in a while. Big celebrations are supposed to be on special occasions. Mm-hmm. But when you, you know, when you're creating and doing it every day, mm-hmm. something's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah. You're gonna get fat. That you're gonna get. You're just gonna feel crappy yeah. a lot of the time after. I feel like I want to develop an iPhone app that just has your voice being <laughs> like. I wouldn't Putting do, you to sleep. I wouldn't do that, Jason. From, <laughs> I wouldn't eat that. Jason. Does she sound like Hal Jason, from 2001? Yeah. <laughs> Hal's what mother. What are you putting in your mouth, Jason? Hal's mother. Can you imagine I hope Hal that soda having doesn't a mother? Have an ice cube in it, Jason. <laughs> no, Hal. But I need it, Hal. Because you know, in you know, in this town, in this line of work, there's a lot of eating for entertainment. For well, sport. I notice that there are a lot more restaurants, especially in this town, where you can go. Maybe you could go every day, but you have choices where mm-hmm. you don't have to hurt yourself. Absolutely. This is very true. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a restaurant in Kauai that has, this, has a lot of different dishes, and they're all good, and they're pretty rich. But they do a Brussels sprouts dish that is shaved and crispy, and it's really well made, and it's really good. And I go to that restaurant, I just get two orders of the Brussels sprout. Mm. Mm-hmm. Double down. I mean, that, that, no, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I could do that often. Mm-hmm. But to do a whole bunch of dishes and overeat and overdrink in one sitting and then to do that over and over and over again, what, what's the point? I tell you, it's, it's not a, special it's a full-time anymore. job being a perfect person, you know? Yeah. It's tough. She ate jelly beans yesterday. Yeah, she because this is just this is just eating. That's mouth. just one one <laughs> one leaf on the on the flower of your human body that you have to maintain. You know. Okay, well, le- can I do this? Can I just do it? I'm doing. I'm dying what are you doing? to do this. Do it. Oh. Food. There's a saying that, and I mentioned this the last time I was on the podcast, but I didn't finish it because I thought it would be like. Andre would give me that, like, roll his Be eyes, a too look, much. a little too esoteric. you got to ease it in. So the saying is that good nutrition creates intelligent choices so that you mm. can fulfill your destiny. God damn it. See? <laughs> I, but I just, I had to put that out there. Good nutrition. Say that again. Creates intelligent choices. Creates intelligent choices. So that you can fulfill your own destiny. Mm-hmm. That's really what food, besides being able to stay alive, that's you, you only when, owe you, to yourself. when you're intelligent and you have options. I feel like that's the name of the first Bathory about. record. <laughs> the first what? Bathory record. One of your favorite bands. I'll play them for you later. <laughs> Three people got that reference on our intro right now. I hope so. This is something to think about, right? I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to turn my, yeah. to turn my life around, Tony. Before he goes out to dinner tonight. That's right. Oh, I mean, I'm not <laughs> eating dinner tonight. I'm not eating food tonight. <laughs> That's, that is gone. Full that, purge. That's not happening. Full purge. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I'm oh, and just, then there's fasting. I mean, people think, oh, I can just blow it and blow it and blow it and blow it, and then I can just go fast for a couple of days, and that's really a bad idea. I mean, the best way to fast would be just to have, like, a bowl, a little grain and vegetables, just a small amount. And maybe a, a really good fast would be to, this is 
a concept that you eat before the sun comes up, just a little bit, and then you don't eat again until just after the sun goes down. Like once a week. Sounds like Ramadan. Ooh. Yeah, kind of, right? But that means you have to wake up before the sun comes up? Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Once a month? You got to get to the fields quick, baby. Once a year? (laughs) (laughs) That ox doesn't plow Stop bargaining with me. No, I could. What what time does the sun come up at? 6.30? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. In that neighborhood. Does it change with the daylight savings? Yes. I'm just kidding. And it doesn't (laughs) get... We both answered that question when Jason <laughs> asked it, if that says anything. Immediately. Thinking, oh, God, poor Jason. You guys are the best. Jeez. We love you, Jason. We love you guys. Love you, I love controlling you with yeah, my puppet please. strings. Dance, you kind of paros. Dance. I feel that I way. I mean, who's really making the joke here? Really? Yeah. I mean, that is, that's the title that of joke? this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you can see it. It's eating itself on top of each other. Who even knows the origin of this of this existence. Let's not talk about Fulfill food anymore. Fulfill your destiny. Oh. Do it. He's rolling his eyes at me again. I am not. I am not. A little bit. If you guys have watched the Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix, <laughs> definitely watch that right after you listen to this oh, podcast. Oh, I need to. Yeah, I definitely I need to watch it. It is really interesting. Hit the shrooms. Give it a watch. <laughs> have 911 Oh, we're back to shrooms. Dial. We're back to the real purpose of shrooms. Call back. I'm ready to shroom out soon. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's just like, why the hell not, you know? Well, interesting in Michael Pollan's book, I love this one. Back to the book tour. Back to the book tour, Mm -hmm. is that he is equating, um, during the 60s, the uh, ingestion of many people suddenly of psilocybin, LSD, before supposedly Timothy Leary ruined everything, that... um, (laughs) It, was, it coincided with the consciousness movement, with the New Age movement, with mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, with people basically rebelling against materialism. And it's really something to think about. And then, of course, they put it on the illegal class one drug so mm-hmm. that you couldn't do it illegally. I mean, do it legally. Well, I think, I think in, in our lifetime, we'll see some of that peeled back. Now that now that THC is basically legal as long as you're not black, it's a lot of steps are going in that direction. Well, wait, and it's now. And if you want to go to Canada, it's going to be. I mean, it's passed, and they're giving like a period of grace to let everybody come to terms with it. But federally, marijuana is legal now in Canada. That's just, really just huge. Federally across the board, I think. Bing bang. I, that's that's I think what I. That's my understanding of it as of like yesterday. I mean, or today. See, that's what happens when you're Canada and like you, it's a everything. Big country. Everything's going all right over there. This is your chance to say Saskatoon. <laughs> Saskatoon. Yeah, There's a lot of longboards in Saskatoon. <laughs> a lot of hacky sack circles going on. Yeah, there you go. They ain't doing nothing too bad over there. Mm-mm. <sighs> yeah, well, Jill and I will shroom it out. Andre, he the, can be our chaperone. Those yes, moose are going to be high as a kite. And Lenny, Lenny can be our chaperone. Yeah, Lenny can be can our canine chaperone. Lenny in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> it's good to have dogs around as guides. Well, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's a Conoparo tip, number, one, number three. Really good to if have If you're shrooming out, yeah. shrooming out in, in the woods, yeah, you got to have a dog or a two. you got to have somebody herding you. You have to have the animal, an, the animal spirit. I-N-G, yeah, that too. Because they're already out there. That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Them, them dogs know how to come home. Yeah. 
Or when mama don't know yeah. how to come yeah. home. <laughs> mama totally lost. <laughs> mama lost. <laughs> and not noticing. <laughs> okay, we have some Twitter questions. Questions. Some of them are some of them are mom related. Any mom? Um yeah, any old mom. Any mom will do. <laughs> pod, pod pal Truett Dietz. Coming through. Growing up. How did you approach telling your mom that a particular thing she cooked was maybe not so great? Straight out. I, <laughs> I grew up in a clean your plate and say thank you household, so it could be difficult at times to navigate that. Or were Karen and Jill super open to the criticism? First of all, thank you for knowing both of our mom's names. You yeah, that's freak. really cool. Just thank kidding, you, sweetie. <laughs> I asked my mom about this, and she said that she didn't really cook anything for us that we that we were not into. It's kind of like you cook something if if it's if it's if it's not a hit, then it just gets thrown away. If it's if it's a hit, it gets added to the pile, and then you know by the time we were ten or something like that, there was like. A, a dozen things that she would make that she knew that would that we would be into. Oof. Were you picky eaters as a kid? Uh, kind of. My brother was a super picky eater. Okay. I was. I think I was decent. I mean, force feeding. I don't really think that works very well. Mm. Not leaving the, the table till your plate's finished. Yeah, kind I don't of thing. really think that. It's like I don't think that works. <laughs> You're more at into all. Uh, psychological warfare. Well, I just remember. Passive aggression. I mean, Andre is my only child, and I remember talking to a doctor. Well, when he was really young, it's like, how do you get your kid to? You know, what, what should you feed them? How do I get this little shit to eat? to eat something? And this doctor was great. He said, you know, if they're basically kids want to eat what you eat, the parents eat, what you're essentially what you're cooking. So mm. it's like if you like it, they'll probably like it. And if they get into this mode of, I won't eat that, I won't eat that, I won't eat that, it's like, then they don't have to eat. Mm. Eventually they get hungry, and that, that one seems to work out. So how long? Isn't that the opposite of what you just said you don't believe in? No, because I said I don't believe in force she feeding. Was, she, instead of force feeding, I'm talking she about, was oh, talking if you don't want to eat that, you don't have to eat that. Okay. Yeah, and so, then you don't so, eat, so force you don't feeding eat. by attrition. You wait till they're starving. Sort of, but it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, Jill's saying like, I got all night, son of a bitch. I see what you don't you're want to saying. Eat. I got nothing but time, baby. Yeah. We can do this all. We so can go like, a week. Okay, you fix this really good food, and that kid goes, I just want a hot dog. Well, there aren't any hot dogs, and I'm not fixing that. Well, that's all I want, and that's all I'm going to eat. Well, I did, um, I did a podcast of a lot, like maybe like four or five years ago with uh, this French DJ named Brodinski. He's a popular popular DJ, and he... He was talking about his diet, and he said he only basically eats just, like, meat and cheese Ooh. his whole life. And he's, he's, he's a very skinny... How is that colon? <laughs> I mean, he, he smokes a lot of pot and just eats meat and cheese. He's rail thin and a hands, super handsome guy, full head of hair, lady killer, super successful... And uh, twenty one. No, he's he's probably you know he's in his he's thirty something by now. And I was asking him like, what did your parents do? Like, did they try to get you to eat fruits and vegetables and nutrients and things like that? And, and he's like, yeah, she tried one time. She said, I cut her. You're not. <laughs> she said, you're you're not going to eat food until you finish this you know plate of vegetables or something like that. You, I'm not going to 
Oh, that I'm was not going to let you eat anything else. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And they had, they had a standoff, and he went like three or four days without eating food. Just, just broke her down. And then he said after like the fifth day, she's like, all right, fuck it. Just do whatever you want to do. I can't. I can't control God, it. And I he's been hope that it wasn't sense. the fifth day. It's like a jail movie. Yeah. You know, I heard something brilliant from, a, and I use this cooking technique for vegetables a lot now, and it was somebody asked a similar question of a chef. And they said, how do you get your kids to eat vegetables? And she said, oh, my God, my them. kids really yeah. hated vegetables. They don't like them. She said, until I discovered a way to cook them that they really liked. And that was Deep it. Fried. From then on... Baking, but she said the secret is you cook them really high temperature and you know kind of vary them up, and you put the pan in the oven while it's preheating, mm-hmm. and you mix the vegetables, whatever you want to put on them, like olive oil or salt or something else. You do that separately in a in a bowl, it's the and only then way as soon as the temperature's up to four fifty, you pull that pan out, you throw those vegetables in. Bake them for like, I mean, depends on how dense the vegetable is, but anywhere from like 7 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she said they like would Yeah, whenever I'm roasting potatoes, plate. that's the only way I do it. I, I'll, I'll parboil them for 10 minutes till they get soft, pull them, put them in a bowl, toss them with olive oil and salt, the baking sheets in the oven, you pull it out. Put the potatoes on, and you you hear them sizzle instantly exactly. from the hot pan, and that just starts the process of, of roasting very well. I heard that about two years ago, and I swear I have not cooked a vegetable in a pan sautéed. I mean, maybe for if I'm mixing it with some other some protein or something. But it's a great it's, it's a rare. great habit to get into. And I do it's more every... dishes to do though. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's what but... Andre's for though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Still got it. However, like if you're doing onions and carrots and then celery or something or cabbage, the nice thing is you have one bowl because the carrots would go in first, and then you can use that reuse that one bowl mm. and then throw those in like a couple minutes yeah, later. There's already the olive oil and, and the, salt residue. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm, it's like you mm-hmm. can do it with one bowl. Working smarter, not that harder. It has basically olive oil and salt in it. Right? That's fair. So, Andre, what was Jill cooking when you were a youngster that was maybe, uh, maybe not so great? broccoli with the almond extract? I wasn't there for that. That's a <laughs> broccoli famous... with almond extract? Oh, my God. It was just... That's was a, this just, an accident? Oh, it was just a stupid choice. It's it a famous Conoparo family story. And it's yeah. before I, I was this? born, right? Damn, I know my mom's listening maybe to this was. right maybe now. Maybe it was. Because it was dinner for dad, for us, Will yeah. Gorman. Uh, yeah. And, oh, right, it was the three of you. Yeah. My dad tells a story. That hurts. And, you know, my dad's been a pretty amazing cook, it seems like, his whole life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, I mean, since you guys met him. That man's got yes. right? yes. alchemy yes. in the kitchen, doesn't he? Yeah. Since I've met him yeah. 40 years ago, yeah. He's got the Absolutely. touch. Just whipping up a little Zabione after dinner, that kind of thing. <laughs> no, he's, he's a great cook with some, yeah. with some f- a few, like, flair dishes and, and fun stuff and and I think it was like the first time after you guys started dating, you decided to cook dinner. And mm. it was just one of those things where there was broccoli and there was almond extract. And, and I'm sure I steamed the broccoli. Yuck. And she, and she, I think what well, you were kind of thinking like some kind of Chinese almond dish broccoli. It's like, oh, this might like, be cool. Yeah. Never having tried Love it before. It. And having, if people, and I, probably the almond, the almond oil was in there because, 
almond extract. Not yeah, 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 yeah. Or almond extract is there, like either for baking or yeah, it's just in the fridge, right? Yeah, it's just there. So yeah, I've never used almond extract for anything other than cookies. One of the best. So things she I've... didn't. She didn't cook again for a long time after that. I meal. did not. And it wasn't one of those like banned things. It was just kind of. She I think, knew what she did. I well, it's my, also not like they let me off the hook over it either. Yeah, they that. also ripped her apart for yeah, it. Yeah, but so I think my times. dad, I think from then on, kind of just got in front of the bus, stepped on the landmine before mm-hmm. it could go off, and just oh, I'll make, I'll cook, I got it, mm-hmm. I got this one. Come to think of it, it really did work. Um, but so, what, so is so Andre is your dad and your husband? Yes. Is he uh, is he a backseat? Driver in the kitchen? Would he the kind of person like if no. you're if you're chopping up an onion, he's going to be like, no, yeah, no. actually, yeah, would do it no, this way. With in my situation, he's just like thrilled if I cook something. No. Mm. Yeah, right. Like, oh, wouldn't think of interrupting. You think Andre's you a backseat driver I in the a, kitchen? I got to be a slightly better. No, not at all. Yeah, he's not. No, no. Andre and Donald are really fun in the kitchen. It's just me. Really supportive. Yeah, Jason definitely is. Are you like obsessed not with, with? He doesn't do it with me, but I just, everybody else I ever hear. Talk about Jason being in the kitchen when they cook. It's like they're describing somebody I don't know. Because mm-hmm. he's never like that with me. I mean, when we cook together all the time. And it's kind of like, hey, taste this. Hey, taste that. Um, mm-hmm. But and then I hear other people describe it. And I'm just like, really? Mm-hmm. He does that? No kidding, huh? <sighs> kind of like to the point where it's like, oh, you're chopping it like that, huh? Uh-huh. Interesting choice. It's okay. okay, okay, okay. If it were me, I would yeah, do it this way. I mean, that's not. Oh, right. Jason. It's not. No. I'm not proud of it. No. <laughs> but you know, it's. I'm glad to hear that. It's. It, 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 it pains me when something is being done the wrong when it way, be done and better. I could tell you a better way to do it. Yeah. And if you, and if you trust that. Then we'll all be happier about it. Well, I can relate I trust to that. Andre's when I was learning kitchen, how so to, I don't, I don't have to tell me when I was learning how to cook with Donald and chop and prepare and all of that, he would helpfully give me tips. But the best thing I ever did was I went and took a weekend firearm safety cookie. class. <laughs> that was after, and then first, <laughs> yeah, first aid for the, for the listener. She's <clears throat> never done a firearm. I class. took a. A weekend class with um, I forget his name now. The head guy of uh, Tassahara mm-hmm. in Greens in San Francisco, and he taught all the basic like how to chop, to prepare things like put things in bowls before, the, all mm-hmm. the just really Square basic ways to make it more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, Thus, more enjoyable. Much exactly. So you're a little more organized. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I remember. On your podcast, you guys talking about is how, like, when people will say, How do I, what's a good recipe for like a first date when I really want to impress somebody? And you'll say, Don't do any, don't cook anything that you haven't tried before. If you can. If, if, if possible. If that's avoidable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Don't try the new stuff. Unless you're a exactly. pro of the show. Unless you're a Yeah. But and I that mean, goes for a dinner party. I as got well. confidence from going to this wonderful, really informative, fun, cooking class which was also about you know cooking with really good food and having to be healthy and but there is a lot more prep time with cooking good food but you can enjoy doing that and the problem is when people are uptight doing it or they've got someone like you over their shoulder going oh mm-hmm. you really gonna chop that like that mm-hmm. oh okay well okay i'm sure that'll be fine boneless skinless That's chicken breast just okay not cool cool well okay I no guess. salt huh no salt <laughs> 
No, you don't. I'm I, not, I mean, I, I might put a little salt, but you don't have I to. I guess you I don't mean, have Netflix because, no. wow, okay, fine. <laughs> no, you used exactly. to, I, if I had to think of one dish that my mom made, it would be uh, a dip egg for breakfast. She made me a lot of dip eggs. Mm-hmm. And that's where you soft boil an egg, and then you cut the toast in little strips, mm-hmm. and then kind of cut the top off as little as you can just so you expose a sweet little jacuzzi of egg yolk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you take those guys swimming. Yeah. You put a little brandy in, a little chive, a little creme fraiche, a little mm-hmm. maple syrup on top, a little caviar. Crab roe, usually caviar. Like usually mm-hmm. caviar. And for me, you also have to have, I'm not a big egg person. Mm-hmm. You have to have something like a fruit to balance that, but that's the sugar thing. That's a sweet thing. Mm-hmm. Right. No, so good. to complete that meal, you're going to need a, a couple berries in a bowl. That would be ideal. Maybe a cantaloupe slice. Yeah, it just means something that's ripe. Mm-hmm. Number one, eating fruit, ripe. Got to be ripe. Seasonal. Mm-hmm. Don't it's eat really a piece of fruit if it's important. not ripe. Like, you know, right now peaches and nectarines are seasonal, but got to get it from the right person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's another topic, which is people... Especially in California, um, you know, thinking they just you can eat everything all the time, and yeah, you can, but that doesn't mean. I mean, if vegetables and fruit aren't ripe, it's really hard on your stomach. Mm-hmm. And I know there are times where, like in February, I would kill for a ripe nectar, white nectarine, mm-hmm. and I could probably find it somewhere in some market somewhere. I mm-hmm. bet I could. It's not gonna taste Be the same. like. Oh, yeah. When I'm great, in Antarctica, I kill for an eight ball. Yep. You'll find one one day eventually. <laughs> yeah, I just go to an oil dairy. Stewie, my brother. Oh. Oh. He realized halfway through that his question was more of just a statement. Uh, isn't it great having a vegetarian mom or significant other to help you eat less meat? Yeah. Have you? Uh, I guess have you've dated people who have. Dietary restrictions like that, yeah, vegan, vegetarian, vegan, vegetarian, that kind of uh, allergies, dairy I th- I allergies. Think, I think that makes uh, makes it fun working. I mean, it's it's a bummer sometimes, but it's fun working around those parameters. Well, in my opinion, I think also. I mean, regardless of whether you're really close to someone who's a vegetarian or whatever, I think it's just everybody seems to be a little better at focusing. Like in our family, Donald is great at fixing meat and. Fowl and whatever. Proteins. Really, really good at that. Good foul man. I'm the vegetable person. Because True story. if I don't do the vegetables, he'll we'll probably not eat very many of them because his thing is really the proteins. Mm-hmm. But I need the proteins. You just make a cute couple. I yeah, I mean I need the proteins. So I do what I do best and what I love the most, and he does the same. And I mean, mm. but yeah, if you it's a good like thing. Slash an axle. I mean it just depends on yeah, it's a it's a great thing for overall health, but it can kind of turn depending on how you like to cook. It can turn. You know, I think it's good living with somebody into cooking for one. Sometimes it's a it's a fun. Yes. It's a nice yes. run, but it's not sustainable long term. I say <laughs> it definitely is sustainable yeah. long term. One hundred percent, it is. But definitely I, not. But yeah, I mean, definitely <laughs> it. it um, yeah, if, if I'm give if and I'm, take, give and take. If I'm you know if I'm dating a. A person who is vegan or allergic to gluten or like, you know, a severe food, something is going on. Severe is medical. That's not severe, but uh, uh, they have a they have a drastic food restriction of some sort. Not just like I don't like eating self-imposed or not. 
You're just saying hard line. Somebody yeah, with a, with a hard line, drastic food restriction yeah. or diet. It's a it's an interesting and fun and different three months that we're doing, and then adios. Fair enough, man. Adios. It, it's Wait not, it, a minute, it's though. Doesn't it depend a lot on the attitude of that person who, let's say, is vegan or vegetarian sure. or only yeah, eats meat? Yeah, great attitude. Three months has turned into six months. <laughs> but sooner or later, you'll dance with the Reaper. Wow, the man, Jason and heard Patience. Heard first, ladies. He is the king of Patience. And that's a long six months, baby. <laughs> six months, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Fair enough. Um, there you go. So yeah, Stewie, it's great. Love it. Jody, Jody Lou, <laughs> favorite savory bun at Dim Sum. Mm. Jody, how many buns are there at Dim Sum? Wow. Not too. I mean, I like I like a duck. Andre is a duck man. I'm a barbecued pork. I'm a barbecued pork. Way. Are we talking about the soft one? Yeah, 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 yeah. The soft barbecue. Kind of the baby's butt, like soft. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh baby's, my god. Let me get. Let me get a. Let me get a a baker's dozen if you're in San Francisco, Imperial Tea Court at the Ferry Building, they do they use really um, like grass-fed pigs from Sonoma. Well, wouldn't be grass-fed, or, but I know or what you're saying. Whatever. Sure. They're using heritage breed, organic vegetable-fed, right? Well-sourced. I, yes. We know what you're saying. Yes, thank you. Responsibly raised. They got that Responsibly good raised pork, and they do they it, it's the best bun pork barbecued pork bun i've ever had and, mm. and i've been in asia a lot and i've had a lot and it is the mm. best and you can get it here humble brag mm. yeah and great teas yeah very teas. good teas yeah i'm i agree with you i'm a barbecue pork yeah pork man myself jonathan wetzel similar question is it worth it to make some soup dumplings from scratch at home or should i just go out to eat them that is i mean i would 1, go out thousand percent that is <laughs> That is a full-time hobby. Like, if you if mm. you are even considering diving deep into that world, that's because you enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. talking about that's worth... like art. I mean, the question, using the term worth it, is wildly subjective. And if you have to say that, if you're asking if it's worth it, it's not. If you have to ask, <laughs> I guess it's, it's like not. Is it yeah. worth it? But if you're it, saying, yeah. can I do it? Yes, you can. I mean, usually what... I mean, the, uh, the trick to soup dumplings is that basically you're making... A soup stock that's reduced so so far down that the gelatin is concentrated to where you refrigerate it, it actually turns solid. Then you incorporate that in along with your meat back in the soup dumpling. So when it steams and reheats, that gelatin re- reduced soup base basically turn like goes back into a liquid soup form. It's complicated. It takes a lot of practice. There's incredible amount of places for air, which but also, in that's this the, dish, that's the easy part of it. When, yeah, you oh, that's the easy s- part of it. But this that dish has so many places where it just is ruined. Yeah. It's not like where you mm-hmm. don't do that yes. and you're like, oh, I really didn't get the body of like that. I don't really get those notes. That's not it. When you do this dish wrong, you're basically left with a bunch of wonton wrappers and just soup all over your floor. Like, it's not a dish that like works. Like, if you go to Mason's Dumplings in Highland God, Park, yeah, it would I mean, look like that. That was a horrible Yeah, I guess meal. it's kind of similar to, like, hey, is it worth it to replace the transmission in, on my car by myself, or should I take yeah. it to a mechanic? Right. Like, I don't know. If that's the kind of shit you're into, go yeah. for it. But I, I, encourage, I encourage them to do it, and I think it would be incredibly satisfying once you pull it off. Yeah. It would be amazing. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you could do it, and it'll look like... You know, it won't look pretty, and it yeah. might taste halfway decent. 
and then you know a year later you might be pretty damn good at it. But clear the calendar, yeah. take your time, and don't invite people over mm. on that first round. And you know, just go to Din Tai Fung and, and just go to Din Tai Fung and exactly. p- press your face against the glass and the little like dumpling, yeah. uh, the dumpling dungeon that they have, and mm-hmm. just watch those yeah. watch those dumpling. And wouldn't it be cool go? to be known as someone who is? Really good at doing something yeah, like that. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely. Like the bagel lady. Mm-hmm. Or just like, you know, we all have a dinner party and like, oh, Brett makes the best banana bread. Bring that over on Saturday. Yeah. And like, oh, should I bring my soup dumplings that I make from scratch? And like, fuck you. You're so good at cooking. Oh, my God. Are you married? It's a good flex. It's a good conversation starter. Um, who wants dinner asks, first of all, thank you. Uh, thank you for the bread. Um, left me a little bub and grandma's. A couple weeks ago at his house. Why do they call them mom jeans? Okay. Oh, my Why God. Do I don't know. I never jeans? bought any. You never bought any mom jeans? My understanding of mom jeans is that they're baggy. <laughs> I think there's more, there's more to that, more to it than being baggy. What are, what are they? I think it's maybe... High-waisted. It's a pair of jeans that you wear when you sort of give up on... Your shape? You, 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 you care less about what they look like and more about what they feel like. They got an elastic band. Oh, they, they no. Feel, they, they feel so good, you don't care what you look like. Well, kind of like heroin or Ugg fe- boots. Yeah, well, if they feel good, then wear them. Mm-hmm. Have 10 pair. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that if you're going to wear blue jeans, they not. should be also, blue jeans to- and feel really good and... Then you should feel good in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn right. Thank you for uh, thank granting, you for that. granting yeah. that not so serious question with a with an earnest reply. That's that's classic Jill kind of part. I'd though. rather wear a pair of Lululemon comfortable lem- okay. Lululemon tights than a really cool long shirt on, over it. Right? March into Sweet Green and order me up a nice I pesto mean, chicken long T-shirt. Benjamin asks, <laughs> "Is it wrong for me to enjoy my stepmother's cooking more than my real mom's cooking?" No. It's, an, you, it's you, you brilliant. Can't, you can't choose that. It's you can't, brilliant, mate. You can't choose that. No, no. That good cooking is good cooking. It's always bad cooking. It's bad cooking. Yeah, but... Invite your mom over. But have, have we ever... When I've, your step... I've, I've never experienced that sensation. We don't know what it's like to be in that person's shoes. Or do we? You, you don't know that. You've never had a stepmom. Mm-mm. I've never had a stepmom. Okay. Have you had a stepmom? Wait. Mm-mm. My mother-in-law... The greatest, one of the greatest Italian cooks. Mm-hmm. I mean, light years over my mother's cooking. Mm-hmm. I've never felt, I never once felt bad about loving everything she ever cooked and not being real high about my mother's cooking. Mm-hmm. No guilt there. None. Okay. And my mother enjoyed a few, a bunch of wonderful meals that, I mean, my mother did that my mother in law made. So. When you're here, your family. Yeah, share it. That's what I would say. <laughs> Take your mama. Yeah. All right, last. Maybe that won't work with the stepmom. To cover maybe the biggest piece of food news uh, in the last couple of weeks. There's been a big shakeup. How do you feel about the International House of Pancakes transitioning to the International House of Burgers? From IHOP to IHOB. What do you think, Jill? I, I think I just my the mushrooms I didn't take just came on. <laughs> what? What kind of a is Did this you know real? That? Is it's this a real. real question? It's real. It's a real thing that it's happened. A real thing. So, like, there's no more. Are they going to still make pancakes? They still sell pancakes, but they have transitioned to a more burger-centric menu. 
So now, like, we're also sponsored by them now. IHOP logo is IHOB now. Sacrilege? Oh. Oh, you know, this is terrible because (laughs) I didn't know IHOP was International House of Pancakes. I've never been to either. That's that's (laughs) something that you should remedy for me. You should take me. No, no, we don't need to rush out and do that. It's it's not. So, what do I think about that? I guess well, I'd feel really good if you told me that they were using... Um, Grass-fed beef? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? Then I think they actually made... I mean, they've, they've jumped into focusing on protein mm-hmm. and something that, you know, iconic American people love. I love burgers. And, and pancakes are delicious, and but it they would are be pretty more much healthy. a nutrient yeah. zero. Are they going to do a burger patty between pancakes? I mean, that sounds like something you'd pick yeah, up on, right? the main, on the main island of Hawaii, doesn't it? Yeah, that's very Hawaiian. Put so a little, I say little gravy on there and there should be a movement a to dog. get them to do grass-fed. There we go. Beef. Great answer. I have. And when you say, say grass-fed, you're talking about the whole ecosystem that comes I'm talking about range-fed, not, not giving cows that are in you know, stalls grass. I'm talking, just because yes. your yes. business is failing and you had to pivot to a burger concept just to keep the, uh, the doors open doesn't yeah. mean you've done enough. We need to get, we need to get more And support your meat. local small rancher. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably definitely top of the IHOB business plan right now. <laughs> Finding out those local suppliers... Heirloom well, if, farms. if this is a struggling business issue, yes, I would think they'd 1, be open to all kinds of suggestions. You would think, I mean, and that, that's the customers. that's just the kind of hail mary long shot. I would that go. People I would, would literally go. Believe. Yeah, Absolutely. we got a new customer. IHOB. I would start going on a semi regular basis. We could have got paid that's thousands lie, of dollars okay. for this great focus no, group I would. idea. Meaning twice a year. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's two times more a year than we're already going. That's right. I feel like we've done a lot for the food world in the last hour and a half, and also just a lot for the world in general. The mushroom world, especially. Yeah, the people, who, all the all the thousands of people who listen to this show every week are are enriched with your with your knowledge and information. And thank you for bringing bringing that to us again. Follow your destiny. I have no idea what you're talking about, Follow but you destiny. are so welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Uh, you Pleasure. Can, you can go to the Stew Podcast where all the other episodes live and all the artwork for all the other episodes are, are posted as well. You can follow me on social media at Them Jeans. Andre has no social media. Andre's mom... Do you have any social media? No social media. You can call me anytime. Just give her a ring. <laughs> ring her. Give her a ring at the ho- on the house phone. On the on the landline. On the landline. Call me on the landline. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jill. Do you uh, do you want to give any uh, shout outs to any of your fans or friends listening? I love you, Jason. I love you, Andre. <laughs> love you. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and spread it out. 